Brother Kirk Cameron. Blessings, blessings. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. Couldn't wait. Um, normally I would be um, sweating and say, oh, let the time pass. But this time, I will look at information and it just blesses me, so I couldn't wait. Thank you, Jesus. We see the, the blessing and the grace that the Lord has given us. And before I, I even begin, I want to do a shout out to my sisters. Um, three sisters, um, even, you know, sometimes even though you don't correspond with a person, but sometimes when they, when they, just in the instance of meeting a person, they will speak something that probably they know that I don't know. So much respect and mention to Miss Barbara Lucas. Um, Sister Annette and Apostle Frida McKnight. Yes, those people are my, um, they call it like, a, they will speak, you know, they will cheer you on. Yeah, and I, I, I was doing a count. Miss um, Frida called me past about 20 times. Yes, pa, you know, like, like I'm alone in the place, but um, I said, all right, Lord, let's let receive it. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you again for another Sunday. Ooh, another opportunity to hear from heaven. Another time to reflect of your goodness. Another week to give you thanks. 
for what you've already done. Oh Lord, how you have bring us and carried us and protect us, even circumstances where we, we don't even know what's going on, but Lord, we are so thankful. How you have always provided for us, and if we don't eat, it's because we don't feel like. And for those who don't have those provisions, we pray your grace, and the Lord will provide for you just as he provides for the birds. Uh, my little friends that I always um, talk to in the morning, sometimes people think I'm crazy. I see them on the rooftop and say, oh, what are you guys doing this morning? And for some reason, they're looking at me as if they understand what I know. The Lord sees, he provides, he gives. And he says, much more us, if he can provide for the birds and the animals and the plants, much more us, his children, who he loves so much. So, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we ask you to help us this morning to declare your word, to understand your word, and to apply your word, and to do your word, and to live your word. Lord, we ask you for help. We ask you for help. We ask to help us. So, Lord, as we go into the time of hearing from you, Lord, we pray that there will be no distractions. There will be only your grace that will speak through your servant. So, Lord, we thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, before I begin, and the, all this is the, intro, interest in the introduction section, there is a, a two-minute clip I want to play for you guys. And um, I'm bringing it up right now. This, is, um, this clip kind of ties into the, the message in a little bit. And it, it talks about um, fear and how to how a group of men decided that they will no longer walk in fear. That they will no longer succumb to the enemy. The enemy was big and mighty, and um, the enemy tell them, "Hey, we're coming for you." And they say, "Okay, you're coming for us." We're going to meet you and we're going to make sure that this day you will, you will remember who we are for centuries and, and in terms of history. So here, let me set up the clip and um, bring it from the beginning. And here it goes. himself, taught never to retreat, never to surrender, taught that death in the battlefield is the greatest glory he could achieve in his life. Spartans, the finest soldiers the world has ever known. Threatening my people with slavery and death. 
This is madness! Madness. This is Sparta! We will stand and fight. A new age has begun. An age of freedom. Blessing, blessing. I, I know you guys heard the, the part when it says, tonight we dine in hell. But the, the answer, what we want to do is to get people out of hell, even before they reach there. And that's the, the idea of, it is wartime, and our, our battle guards, or our armor is offensive. Only one of the armor, or two of the armor, are defensive. But that's why we don't have any armor in the back, because it's all offensive. We are, we are going into the kingdom of darkness, and in which we should not walk in fear. So the title of the message today is the third part of the series, The Armor Fits, with a subtitle, Not Yet Proven. And I will, I will explain as we go on. And, um, and now we're going to read some scriptures, and we're going to ask the Lord to give us the enlightenment of his spirit and grace as we proceed. So, question, if you're leaving your house, there are two things that we normally do with, with technology and everything. First thing we do, we will check the weather reports or any traffic and the condition before we leave, you know, because we want to be fearable. Some person said, no, they don't check the weather and the traffic. They just go out, and whatever comes may come, or whatever accident, they will just drive right into it, and it's, oh, God. Some will rely upon the Lord and say, Lord, show me where the road is empty, where the road is clear, and, and I will drive that way. Next question. Have you ever bought a product without checking the price or do research on the product and sometimes the research that we do is from friends like say, hey this product is very good you need to try it and because we have a relationship with that person we'll say okay we'll try because sister Tamar she shops a lot and she will know the good products from the brand and she will give her her recommendations and we say, oh, we never heard about that. Well, because of our recommendations, we will try it. Because we trust the, the, the person who have the shopping skills and they will shop at different retail outlets and they will know what is on sale, what is not, you know. 
So we trust the, the, the thing if we, don't, if we don't have the experience in it. And that, that is what we, we are trusting the Lord with. With um, anything that we don't know, we're going to ask and we're going to research and we're going to pray. Because see, in our research, you know, that's what prayer does. Prayer reveals the answer. And as we can think about even Daniel, when something came upon it, and he, he's almost as you say, hold on. I'm going to do some research and come back and give you an answer. And he, he went to his brothers and said, hey, this thing is coming upon us. Let us pray and see how the Lord will reveal this thing to us. And they prayed and they seek the Lord and it was awesome that the Lord answered that way. And he was able to proceed to the king and said, this is what's going on. This is what the research came back to. Alright, so now we're talking about the army and next question because all of these questions are going to be answered as we go along what makes a good soldier and as, a, and, and as you think about a soldier and you think about an army there are some that are exceptional than others and they have the elite training they are the, the best of the best um as we think about that. And they, they have went through a lot of rigorous training and all of that. And then there are characteristics of those soldiers. It is so um, outstanding that whenever there are two persons going to be, um, they're vying for a position at a job. And um, I know even though the government allows them to be hired, most of the employers will actually give the soldier the nod. I was oh God, why is that? Because they know that the soldiers have went through some rigorous training to be there and to stay in. Because once you're in, you still have to continue the training. The training doesn't stop. But these are the characteristics. Well, well I did some research on on it and even though they call it a, a profession it is also a lifestyle because once a soldier always a soldier and, and I remembered I was standing in a store and I got the most awesome co um, compliment of my life an older lady came over to me and said um, sir which part of the army um, did you serve in and thank you for your service and I said um, no ma'am I did not serve, but I always wanted to. And she said, you sure? I said, yes. So I said to her, how do you think I'm a soldier? She said, well, you're standing there, you're looking around, and you're observing everything, and you did not move for quite a long time. So she said, oh, you must be a soldier because of your stance. Or sometimes I can be confused for being an employee at a store <laughs> because I was there. So these are the characteristics based on our our brother Google the values that the, the army respects they said loyalty duty respect self-service honor integrity and personal courage and I, I, all, I had three words that I put on my um, I call it Monica or your, your emblem I have HDS, honor, diligence, and service. Those are the three words that always stand out to me. 
And he said, these that we ignore are the regulations because they are not. We are doing them because we're not obeying, because it's appealing or because it's popular. We do it when no one is, is looking at us to gain respect in the eyes of our soldiers. And then we, we also, there are other words that we can think about too. We can think about fearless, dependable, flexible, adaptable to life changes, discipline, and um, able to, to conduct any menial task. That is a task that is requiring no skill and lacking no prestige. And they are able to turn that menial task into something so meaningful. There's a lady at the workplace. Um, she's responsible for cleaning the, the facility. That means uh, the toilets, the sink, everything she cleans. There was a point in which I came in early and I heard her scolding another employee. Employee, she, you know, she, she's not even a supervisor. She's just there the longest. So she, she was scolding the, the guy because he was running late and he didn't clean the floor properly. So he wiped the floor, but he didn't allow it to dry to put on the wax. And so it didn't have the brilliance that we normally would come to expect. And I heard, you know, they're talking in their language. But the body language could tell you that she was upset, even though I didn't understand a word. And you can see the guy holding on his head, meaning that there was some shame involved. But what was profound, he had to do it all over from scratch. So he had to take out all the chairs, all the benches, everything, wipe the floor again, let it dry, put on the wax, and then wax the floor. And I'm like, oh my God, but this... Sometimes people even don't even notice the floor that way, you know. But she was so diligent in her job that she is known in the company as somebody who does it diligently. She's there so early, she leaves so late. I, I, I really think that, the, that she puts a lot in. And um, she has so much integrity when nobody's watching or looking. She's there cleaning. And there is a trust that even the, the, the owners of the company trust her to come and clean their residence and they will pay her for her time. All right, next question. What distinguishes a soldier from a civilian? What distinguishes a soldier from a civilian? All right, um, what came to me was training. Because a soldier didn't, some soldiers have the gift as we're going to show you in our, in our Bible um, reading. And some soldiers are trained and developed in how they serve. And there's a, there's a thing that came up to me when I was looking at the, um, the word so, soldier and there was a comparison to the word servant. And as we... we we have a glorified word where we, we have, um, like if this person said, um, armor bearer, in our mind, we say, wow, that's an that's a awesome position. This guy's the armor bearer of this big prophet or that big, you know. But really and truly, 
An armor bearer is just a servant. Just a regular servant that will help the, the minister or minister to do their jobs. But then sometimes the, the armor bearer who being so close to the person will always be, uh, they're sometimes elevated to our, our area of, to even take the position because they have been with the person so much that they are learning from them. And we can even think about Elijah and Elisha where he was able to take on the mantle. But he was a servant. We can even think about Moses and Joshua. He was being a servant. And then we, we also look at all the significance of even when the, our time come where we, where we were standing face to face with the Lord. And he will say, he will say to us, Enter thou good and faithful servant. So now I'm going to tie the words together saying a servant is a soldier because they bear all the characteristics of a soldier. They will be able to respond to commands when being directed to them. They will not question authority when a command is given. And that is how the Lord wants us to be. There, there are many mentioned in um, when Paul said, be, be a good soldier, be diligent. When he was even um, sharing with Timothy of how, how to respond in, in times of trials and in times of testing. And as my focus today will be on our brother David. And uh, we're going to have our, our reader... I hope you're prepared. Um, it's gonna be, we're going to be reading from Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, sorry, 1 Samuel 16. But before we read there, let me do a recap for those who weren't with us during the, those two previous weeks. So the, the title, as we, we, as we mentioned before, is The Armor Fits. You know, when we're talking about being dressed for armor, being dressed for warfare and how the, how the armor looks, the different types of armor, what the, the significance of the armors are. And um, then we were reading from Galatians 6, 7 to 10. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that and that shall he reap. And then we, we recognize that this is a spiritual war where we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Um, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers and darkness of this world. So we realize there is a hierarchy in terms of an army where the enemy will conduct his army as we saw the Lord does his. Because we have to remember, he's not original in anything that he does. What, he has, what he's done or already or continue to do is set up his army as a parallel to what he saw the Lord, how the Lord does his. And you know, the Lord is a, is a God of order. He's the, he's the commanding officer. He rules. He don't take any slack. Um, not a lot of excuses, if you notice. Whenever there are few persons, when he gives the command, when he said to Noah, build the ark, 
we didn't see in scripture a lot of questions. We saw him building the ark. But there are others that will give questions and say, Lord, you know, uh, I don't know how to do this, send help. You know, I can't speak. I'm, I'm so young, I'm a child. And you know, the Lord said, come on, you can do it. He, he will always bring us to the next level. And that was the, 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 the idea of the, the, first, the first conversation. And the second conversation we had, we were talking about the different sections of the armor. Um, how we are supposed to fight. Um, what the armor represents. Um, putting on the whole armor. Standing with the, 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 the lines about about the, with the breastplate of righteousness, the the feet shadow with the preparation of the gospel, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying all times, in all supplication, and praying in the spirit. So we, what we want to stress on with this thing, and uh, as, as I remember, a quick joke, when we were at camp and we had our brother sharing. When it were time for sharing the presentation, he, he mentioned that somebody left left their gun belt in the in the restroom. You're saying gun belt? Why are guys talking about gun belt? That that don't make any sense. We were all having this puzzle look because he, he's a trained soldier, so he was using words that they'll normally use in the army. So he said, "Brothers, somebody leave their gun belt." In the in the restroom, I was still looking confused. Gun belt, my gun belt. What that? I was said, sir. I was said, sir. Um, could you explain what he meant? He said somebody left their underwear in the bathroom. I was said, oh, gun belt. Okay. <laughs> and then we, we kind of laughed because we say we didn't understand that term, <laughs> being civilians, you know. <laughs> so, in the idea of putting on the armor. We want to stress on our brother today, our brother David. He was selected, and you see, we can say many are called, but few are chosen. And I want you guys to help me with, the, with this, because I want you guys to help me and pray that this thing come out right. There's a lot of uh, editing and putting in, and I want the Lord to really help me to make sure everything go, goes in the right place. All right. Could you read for me 1 Samuel 16 and, 16 and 7? 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 says, from the NLT, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. So we see the Lord looking at the heart of the person. All right. Verse 13 for me, please. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord 
came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Oh, thank you. So we see there is a difference now in the anointing on this brother's life. We realize the anointing is what makes the difference. He, he's been anointed by the Lord because the Lord has personally chosen him to be a leader at that time. The Lord anointed him in chapter 16. So we realize he is anointed. Um, he's not yet um, the process of being the king. So we realize the calling on one's life sometimes come before we even realize it. The Lord, the Lord will call us before we even ourselves can acknowledge. What is this? And I know this must be a very humbling, humbling time for David and for his brothers. It, I don't think they probably took it well. David is the youngest of all the brothers. And as we know in tradition, say, the firstborn is, is the one that's to be selected. And if it's ten brothers, you'd have to wait till all of them die before you are selected. That's just the, the natural occurrence. But it's just, sometimes the Lord don't want to do things as though we normally would think and how we will progress. When he says the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So that, will, that really answers the question. David being the last child, he's chosen to be first in his house. Very humbling household. So they're not wealthy by any chance of the imagination. So David is anointed and probably went back and the next day. I can assume the next day is still taking care of the sheep. He's still David and the brothers, hopefully, it's not written, but hopefully they will, chill, they will still treat him with kindness. Just as we can remember, Joseph came on the same thing where his brothers didn't, didn't took, took light off this young one. Um, you know, what are you doing here? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, in the family aspects and growing up, we, we expect the older to take on more responsibility and be elevated. All right, so David returned next day, still being um, the shepherd, doing his thing. And um, it came up to a point where there was an opportunity, I could say an opportunity of grace. There was this guy called Goliath who was speaking and he, they said he was so powerful. Even the elite fighting men were afraid of him. But David, so we see, we see, we see the difference now, you know. We see the difference. I, 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 like I just saw this, I said, what makes David be, be like that? You know, he, he, he had an inkling, right, of, of boldness. But we see the anointing is almost like the gasoline that caused that one spark to explode in David's heart. 
And we realize that David is a worshiper, so we can understand that the, the worship the next year will be, will be very high. High, the, the praise. So we see David is a worshiper. He's a, a guy who speaks to the Lord, a guy who asks the Lord for strength. A guy who say, Lord, I can't do this without you. A guy who say, Lord, you are the one that caused me to be here. I, I should not even be selected. We see David as that guy. And so there were a time now when the father said, hey, bring this to your brothers. And, um, you know, we hear that there's a war. And, you know, the brothers are older, so they are in the war. They are, they are, they are of the age. Bring this to your brothers and, you know, bring some food and, you know. And it, it mentioned, I, I kind of laugh because it, it mentioned 10 different types of cheeses. So I remember our sister, um, Tamar, was giving us the a cheese thing one time when she was talking about the different cheeses. I'm not sure if you remember. Yeah, she was talking about that kind of cheese, that cheese, that cheese. You know, because she travels extensively. I think this was when she was in Italy. And she was talking about the different cheese, how, how it's produced, and what, you know. So when I saw that in the Bible, I said, wow, that's amazing. They mentioned the cheeses. Like they said, 10 different types of cheeses to bring to your brothers. Because it's time of war, and they're probably hungry. You know, we can assume. Because sometimes um, they said, if fear don't fool your belly, food will. And they, they, <laughs> they are very fearful at the time. So, so sometimes in fear you're, you're, you get hungry or sometimes you say no 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 I don't want to eat right now uh, if you notice if you're going through a life change the first thing that you'll stop though is eat or eat more because you, you, you this thing comes upon you and you don't know how to, to navigate so you say oh, let me not eat let me um, do a, a, a kind of fasting to hear what's going on or let me eat so we can get some comfort <laughs> to, to keep my spirit um, very low or very high because of the food and the comfort that it gives. So, so Goliath stepped in and he was very, very disrespectful. He was um, calling out some things and, and you know, so sometimes the enemy wants to call out things and he wants to trap out. Is that trap, you know? Um, he wants to call them out and see how they will react. But nobody was taken on to the, to the, the reaction, you know. The, he said, oh, your God, your God is nothing. And, and they heard and they, they hit the more. They were on the other side and um, they heard what he said. And David there doing the delivery of the food. Heard it. I said, how you guys are here? Hearing him talk about your God like that. And you do nothing. Sometimes there is a level of compromise. And fear. Even though we're not there, we, 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 we are threatened in our lifestyle here. Of answering the threats of the enemy. We sometimes are silent when we should speak up. It didn't mention that nobody spoke up of what he, of what he said. 
of how it was disgusting and everybody hid. So he said, why you guys don't send somebody out to fight, to fight me? And whoever fight me and win, they will be um, servants. And whoever, if I win, I'll be a servant. And if you win, you know, the idea of the, the, the winner takes everything. And um, that was an opportunity that, that we can say was missed. And then King Saul at the time mentioned that anybody who have the audacity to fight Goliath will get my beautiful daughter. Plus, there won't be any tax for the whole family for a long time. Can you imagine that? No, you're paying no tax for your whole generation. And um, nobody took the bait. <laughs> what is it? Well, it's okay. <laughs> I'm good paying my taxes. I'm okay on this side. So, uh, my dear sister, I want you to read for me First Samuel 17, verse 9. First Samuel 17, 9. Okay. Verse 9 says, Yeah, 1 Samuel 17, 9. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. So that, that is, was Goliath um, speaking on the other side. All right. I want you to call, continue to go 10, 11, 12, and 13. Yeah. 10, 11, 12, and 13, please. Says, I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse, an Ephratite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at the time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Elahab, Abinadab, and Shimea, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. Yeah, 13, continue to 14, to, okay. to 20. 20? Yes. Okay, 14. David's three older brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and every evening, the Philistine champions trotted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Elah fighting against the Philistines. 
So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. All right. Go 21 to 25. Okay. Soon, the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left the things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the, to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, have you seen the giant, the men asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. But when David's older brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here? What about these few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked and asked them the same thing and received The question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock. I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such a thing before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream, 
put them in his shepherd's bag, then armed only with the shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and, to the, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his, shepherd bag, his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. The men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and, run, and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistine were strewn all along the road from Shehiram as far as Gath and Ekron. The, then, the, I'm sorry, then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. So we, 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 we see that the word explained and confirmed everything that we were talking about. The, the idea of this guy being so bold under the anointing that the Lord has given him. And he was able to declare so much things. But what I want to emphasize is verse 39 where he mentioned something when he says, and David girded his sword upon his armor because he was trying, he was given Saul's armor to wear. And he said something that was kind of profound because um, sometimes it, the, the different versions will, will highlight certain words. And it says, and he he went, what he said, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proven them. And then David um, then took them off. So we realize that in, in, in war, you cannot wear armor that you have not proven. 
and the idea of testing. So that's where we talk about research. We talk about you, you won't purchase an item if it hasn't been tested. And with the, the, the job that I have right now, where they are doing manufacturing beauty products, it has to be tested and tested and tested and because these, this is product that persons are gonna put on their skin. I said to one of the lab, um, lab engineers, but this, this is being even more tested on food that we, that we consume. He said, yes, because we can be sued if any other products bring any side effects or rashes. So it has to be tested over and over and over again. So we realize in this, we're going to use, we have to test the armor that we have been given. It, it will be very hard for us to go into a battle without being um, tested. And so it is, when somebody is even being, think about um, promotion in the, in, the, in the way of even an army, for the person to be promoted, he would have to be serving in several kind of wars. It will be so ignorant if they chose somebody that has never been in a war situation in the training and how to react to pressure, being that they came in from the bottom to the top. We can respect the gradual progress of somebody taking it one step at a time, going through their daily struggles, overcoming one step at a time. Because we realize we didn't get here overnight. It has been, it has been years and things and working out and a lot of praying and, and as we say, prayer research, where we, we say, Lord, help us, help us. And we, I can notice David being in humility, asking the Lord to, to help him in this battle. And, you know, his, his, his brothers at the time didn't understand what this anointing is in which he, he, he was given. But David was already a fighting man when he, when he was able to disclose when they were trying to check his resume he said when the lion came and um, I was doing a research on the lion and even the enemy has that I wouldn't say title but he said the, the enemy is like a like like yeah so it's like uh, but not not the lion because we know God is a lion of Judah but the, the idea is as we said he will take stuff from God and try to to mimic our, our to you know. But once, what, what we know about a lion is, because I, I usually watch a lot of Discovery Channel, they said the lion is so ferocious and he fears nothing. No matter how big the other animal is, the lion has no fear. And we see the same David being a little boy was able to go against the lion and take the sheep out of the mouth of the lion. 
So we see the Lord even wants us to be the David, to go in and take people out of the lion's mouth. Because guess what? There are people that right now who don't know the Lord and the, the lion of drugs is, is, is capturing them and have them um, in, in, a, in a position. Because when, when the lion clasps on the prey, they said his jaw is so powerful, it's almost like a lock. And it was, it was even significant to the, 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 the python that their jaw does, hmm, does lock and it, you have to break it or cut it off for it to open. So we see that the same David was able to go in and fight that lion that took the sheep. I will understand what the sheep looks like. Very helpless, very, you know, not knowing where to go. And David being that person, and the Lord wants to have us to be the David-like, no, where we, he wants us to see people as, as sheep and and see beyond their distress that it is the enemy that's clasping them in, in the idea of fear. So we realize everything here, how the, the other guys responded, they were responding out of fear because they knew who Goliath was. They understand that he's, a, he's also a warrior and he's been fighting for so long. And they, they heard of the victories and how he, he's able to annihilate his, annihilate his enemies. But David said one thing, one powerful thing that I, I hope in the reading that we're able to catch. He said, you come after me with all of these weapons, but I come in the name of the Lord. I come in the power of the Lord. So David didn't even say, I come... As, as David, a shepherd, he said, I come in the name of the Lord. And we have to realize we have been given such a wonderful opportunity to take back people out of darkness into, into a light. This is the only um, relationship or the only, I don't want to put our thing under our religion, but this is the only aspect where we are given the mandate to take back what the, the enemy has taken away, to, to restore the brokenhearted, to bind up those who are at captive. Because once, when, when the lion has that, that, that sheep in its mouth, there's nothing that sheep can do to get out when the clasp is locked. But David was able to run to the lion and take the, the sheep out. I know the lion probably um, must be kind of upset. Upset that this is a meal that I was planning to, to enjoy. Because you see, when the lion is hunting, it is saying that the lion will, will watch from a distance and he will say, no, not that one. Mm -mm -mm. Not that one. That one. <laughs> yes. He has a, yeah. The lion has this a measuring um, thing in his, in his eyes. He can see. Wait. That one run. I see there's a little limp. Hmm. All right. So is the enemy. He will watch 
and look for a small discretion, a small thing to, to expose a weakness, to come and attack. And he will also be looking and he will just separate. He said, make, make the good ones go. Let me, he will try to separate and look around and, and say, okay, once he has his eyes locked on a victim or a prey, he will not stop. He says that the lion will run all like a hundred miles just to get the prey and poor sheep. Sheep don't have the endurance to run so far for so long. And just by the sheer running, so the sheep, what those sheep will try to do is run zigzag. And the lioness watch, okay, uh, zigzag, you know, try this, try that. It don't work. <laughs> yeah, because you see, it's, it's, it's the idea of desperation. So the, the lion will pounce upon that one. And what do you think the other sheep will, other sheep will do? They will um, scatter because it's every man for themselves. They don't know how to come together. And, mm -mm, that's not in their artillery. They will scatter and they'll say, oh my God, look what happened to brother saw, sister saw, look what happened to them, and oh God. Then we say, oh, well, I'm glad I'm not me, glad it's not me, you know. That's the idea of sheep. So, but David now, being this mighty man of valor, it, there was even a reference of his stature, where the Saul was, was under um, demonic oppression. And it said, one of the servants noticed that David is a fighting man, a man of valor, but a man who has a heart for the Lord. So we realize people are noticing this guy now. There, there's been notice of who this guy is and like some of the, the things will, will kind of sneak out. You see what happened? When you're under the anointing, some of the giftings will sneak out without you even knowing it. Some of the things that you want to keep, Lord, you don't want nobody to know that you can, you know, it will come out naturally without. We have to remember that David is our worshiper, so we can see him playing the string instruments and singing new songs to the Lord and thanking the Lord. And, and it, it was even mentioned in battle that he will always be praying or re 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 repeating words like the Lord is my fortress while he's going through and fighting. But there were some men that wanted to, to be with David. It says David mighty warriors. And in, in the research um, probably there were other mentions but it said there were 37 of these men. And the, the Bible took the time to, to name each of, each of them and where they came from and who, who was the son of whatever, but we're not gonna read all the all the thirty-seven names. But there were these men were also mentioned of being like David. They they attached to David because they had the same personality, the same it it was like, like unto death. Um, 
and it was mentioned in the scripture. Let me find the scripture if we want to. Let's see if we can find it. I had it sealed here. One second. It was Second Samuel 23, 8 to 39, if you need to do some research on it. Um, the, the fighting men that David had with him after being um, into the battles. But how did David got, get that boldness as we want to, to mention? How did he become that person? Because he was doing 2 Timothy 1-7. to For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But then we, we realize in, in 1 Samuel 17, 10-11, And the Philistines said, I defy the army of, of Israel this day. Give me a man that we should fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed, and he said they were greatly afraid. So we realize the, the enemy tactic is fear. All of his, his, his thing is fear-based. And we have the shield of faith that will stop the fear. Because the fear will come in to, to bring doubt, to think that the Lord is not there. There was never a moment that, that, that David did not believe that God is going to deliver Goliath to him. There is never a moment that David said, I wonder if this thing is going to work. I wonder if, when I, if I miss. There, there was never a doubt in, he said, today you will die and I'm going to feed your head to the birds and your body and everything. I'm going to first chop off your head and um, your, your, the birds and the vultures are going to eat your body. He did not say um, next week or maybe or, you know, I might get a piece, I might get a little chop or something. He said, no, today, as verse 44 says, 1 Samuel 17, and the Philly says, then because he said something to David, you know, he said, the enemy will always speak. The enemy has a voice, right? He will speak, but he will speak doubt and fear. So he said, he said to, to David, uh, verse 44, come to me and I will give thy flesh, the flesh unto the falls of the air and of, and of the, be the, the, the beast of the field. Now, David answered, him because you see when the enemy speak we have to answer you know like when the temptation of Christ Christ answered with a word David answered and said David said to the Philistine thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel who thou have de defied this day will the Lord deliver thee into thine hand and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. There's a body and head separation there. Because we realize once we get rid of the head, the body has nowhere to go. And we're going to see what happened after the head is gone. The head being Goliath. 
He's, he's the leader of the army. And I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host to the Philistine this day, and unto the fowls of the air, and unto the wild beasts beasts beast of the earth. And all the earth, this is the big part, and this is what makes the, the battle significant. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So the idea is to show the world that God is God. This battle isn't even about David and um, the idea of to, 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 to win the battle. It is to declare that God is God. So it is that when we have a, a testimony, the testimony when we, when we have overcome, the testimony is to show the world that God is God, that he's my God, that he has delivered me from this affliction, that I will no longer fear or doubt. Because once we have overcome, we realize that your faith level has increased. So that David was able to count back or recount where and when the Lord was, was able to deliver him from all his enemies. And as, if you, if you read, read the Psalms, you'll realize that David will always talk about his enemies. Even when he was even in sin, he said, Lord, only you alone I have sinned against. Let not this come against um, with my enemies. Let not they, not, not they take my name out um, in shame. And David was able to, to come and do that mighty work. He was able to declare who God is to those who don't know. And I can assume his brothers and Saul and everybody who was looking in fear and everything I could really assume that their, their faith level increased. And others who heard, they said, I want to link with this person. And we can see the, the introduction of the, the guys who want to be like this person. They want to um, associate themselves with this person because they say, wow, this guy is truly a fearless guy. This guy, but guess what? All of his, his, his fights and things that he had to go through, it had to be proven. David was tested in those moments. In the moments where, where nobody was there. You know, when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There are moments when David... Would, would, would sing songs and say, Lord, please be with me. He said, I rather than thy staff comfort me. So if, if you need comfort, there are some moments that he was in a time of hurt. But he was always leaning on the Lord. He was always at a place where he will glorify the, the God of heaven in this time. So what are we trying to say today? Are we like David? Do we have, a, we, we have Goliaths? We probably have many Goliaths. We probably have many things coming against us. We probably um, get up every day in fear. 
don't understand where my health comes from. When he says it comes from the Lord, we, 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 we have the, the Goliath of bills and responsibilities that will, will speak to us. Because I, I think that's why the, the bill collectors, they, they send the meal, you know, because they want it to speak to you. They want you to, when you open the meal and you see the amount on the balance side, you say, Jesus. <laughs> I think they, 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 they do that um, very sneakily. Why do they want to send it? They know what they owe. Why are they, why they sending it this? No, they want you to see what you owe, what you owe and how you're going to pay this back. But God is good because the law will always be there to help us. You see, as long as we are loyal and we have integrity and we have personal courage, the Lord will help us because he said, we are a good soldier. You see, in order to, to be a good soldier, we know that we have to first submit to the army of the Lord. You cannot join the army by just walking up and say, I want to join. Um, there are requirements to join the army. I remember one time I had the, I was thinking of joining the army and um, I think that they said I aged out. I was too old to enter the time when the, the person at the embassy was saying, you know, I said, um, well, I'm looking a bit, also, oh, yes, 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 you're, you're aged out. Sorry, sir. Because th there were benefits at the time if I joined the army. They said I could be a citizen in the, in the same minute or I could um, get all of these benefits. But guess what? The, 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 the world army and God's army, very different armies. Similarities in some characteristics, but different in how the working and the goodness. So guess what? You can be the last person saved, but you can be the first person the Lord chose. And then you can say, me, but I, you know, no, 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 no. Question not when you are chosen, because many are called and few are chosen. So we see all the brothers there. They probably called them out, and I know they were excited. Samuel is here. Oh, God, this must be one of us. It must be one of us. Oh, God, thank you. You know, they were, they were there, and to their disappointment, the Lord said, I don't choose them. The oil did not even move. And Samuel said, there must be another one. There must be something here. There must be another person. And he said, yeah, I have another son, but he... He's out taking care of the sheep. All right, bring him come. And then Samuel said, we will not sit until he arrives. And I said, wow, that's so awesome that they said they will not sit. And we will understand when somebody's seated, that means it's done. It's almost like an honor and respect when you stand in the presence of um, greatness. Like if our former president came in, we would stand in, in honor of his presence. Um, the present, we have to pray for the present president and ask the Lord to help him. But, yeah, the office deserves honor, but the person, we have to really pray for the person too. But let me not get into that. But what we want to say is when somebody is respected, 
the, the respect that is given is because they have earned it. They, they have um, display characteristics of value to us and we will respect that person. So we will we respect the Lord today as the God that will fearlessly deliver us from all our troubles. He says, many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord deliver them all. He did not say some, he said all. He wants us to be flexible and adaptable in any life change. He wants us to have discipline to seek him daily. Even the menial things that we consider meaning in terms of work or the, the repetition, he wants us to, to do it with joy. That person will see us working and doing that job and understand, how can you be so joyful? When I see Miss Gloria, she's singing as she's cleaning the floor. Her countenance is always high. She, she always has a smile. And then she even took the time to, to teach me some Spanish. And um, I really, I really, every time I see her, I have to give her a hug and say, Miss, Miss Gloria, you're doing a wonderful job. And she say, gracias. But she comes in joyful and smiling. She's doing a menial task that we consider menial. So that the Lord wants us to look at that and say, hey, what distinguishes a soldier from a civilian is training. He wants to personally train us to not look on the things that others look on. When he said, do not consider his height or his appearance, for I, the Lord, have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the thing that people look at. On the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So we want to have a heart for God. That, that is a requirement to get into the the army of God, to have a heart, to have a heart to run after God, to, to, to want to, to commit our lives to God. So today, in the sound of our voice, if you are searching and seeking God, we can say, hey, this is how you can enter the army. I won't guarantee you that this, this when you enter the army, it's going to be easy, that it's going to be appealing and it's going to be popular. It's going to cause you to, to come and to bow your, your, your aspirations, your dreams. But guess what? This is a good God. The same aspiration and dreams, he's the one that gave it to you. But he wants you to present it to him so that he, he gives it back to you. Can you imagine you giving the Lord, you say, Lord, take me as I am. He probably smile and say, thank you. No, I give it back to you. The, the Lord, there's a picture that somebody had where Jesus was with a little girl and she had a little toy and he said, give me this. But behind his back, he had a bigger toy. But she could not let go of the small toy that she could not see. So it is that the Lord wants to present us, to, to reveal to us the gifts, the talents, the boldness. And I can see how this can happen. You have to first confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord so that he can come into your heart and change you and transform you in the minute. Then there's the next thing that we have to do. We have to re rely on the Holy Spirit to infill us, as we remember we were talking in Acts. When they said, these are mere men, 
but they saw that they were with Jesus. They had the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which was significant in the idea of, excuse me, as, as David who was anointed with oil. The anointing, the infilling, it's the same thing, even when we think about Old Testament, New Testament. The anointing is what made the difference in David's life. And we realize when he walked away from it, then he, he was in trouble. But when he stayed in the anointing, he did miraculous things. He conquered miraculous wars and win, and he was able to hear God's voice in the minute. He said, Lord, should I go up? The Lord said, yes. Should I go down? The Lord said, no, go up. He was able to converse in the minute, and he was able to get direction in the minute because he was relying on the Holy Spirit. So that is the, the, the aspiration today for the believers, persons who know the Lord. Persons who understand that God is our Savior. We have to realize that the Holy Spirit is here active. No other religion, no other cult, no other thing have, the, have a Holy Spirit. They don't have nothing to infill them. God don't come inside of them. God is outside. They're, they're all trying to work to get to God. And God said, open your heart so I can fill you. So I can be who I have created you to be. So that's what the infilling of the Holy Spirit does today. To, to, to fill you. To cause your heart to burn with passion for you. To, to, to come and recognize that, yes, <coughs> we are sinners. Yes, we are saved by grace. But it's the infilling of the Holy Spirit that will cause us to do the work. We cannot do this of our own strength. As David inquired and said, I don't come to you on my, I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come in that authority and that power. But it's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing that is able to break yokes and set captive free. It is the anointing to to draw those who are far away and bring him near. And, and there was even no, no, no conversation of do you want. No, he, he pulled the sheep out of the lion's mouth because he said, yes, you are for the Lord. So it is that we have to be aggressive in the spirit to get people out and bring them in. We, we, we can't look back and say, well, that's how the person. No, we have to go in and pray and say, Lord, show us how to reach those who don't yet know you. And I can guarantee you, once you have led them to the Lord, they will say, thank you. Because guess what? We know persons who are praying for us before we know the Lord. And we can say, thank you. We can look back and say, thank you for sharing God's truth with me when I didn't know you. Thank you for being so patient when I, was, when I was rejecting the goodness of God. Thank you for, for being so diligent, having discipline to, to come again and share with God's goodness until we had to bow our knees and say, Lord, come in. So today, our prayer here today is for those, the lost sheep. We, we want to go for the one, the one that has slipped away, the one that grew up in church, the one that even never went to church. The one that don't even know what church is. The one who has been hurt. 
the one who have been led astray by others. Our prayer here for this ministry is to reach those. And we say, Lord, help us. Give us your power, Lord. Give us your anointing. When we, we go and we see others, not to walk past them as, as we normally would, but to ask the Lord, show us how to speak, how to share. And we have to be di disciplined and diligent with it to, to reach our neighbors, even the persons who are unlovable. You can reach them, Lord, but you want us to be vessels and armies of the living God to go, out, go in and take those, the captive, take those who have been captive by the enemy. Oh, Lord, you are such a good God. Lord, your goodness to us is so far that we, we, we can't even fathom. But, Lord, we are trying by faith to, to understand your goodness. How you can see somebody and love them and share with them and, and encourage your life to be different. So it is that, Lord, we want to do it in respect and honor of you. So you can say to us, Enter thou, the good and faithful servant slash soldier of the armies of the living God. Because, Lord, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and wickedness in high places. But we walk not in fear no more. No more we will walk in fear. No more we will doubt. No more where we will say, Lord, if you do or if you don't. No. We will declare the word and walk in the word. We will declare that the enemies of, of God will be defeated. We will declare that the, the victory is ours. We will declare that we will have good places. We will, we will declare that we have good cars. We have good houses. We have good jobs. That we are able to bless those who, who have never tasted and seen the goodness of God. So Lord, we thank you today for being that to us. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you for your word and we thank you especially for your Holy Spirit who is continuing to help us and, and groom us into your, into your image. How it's so wonderful when persons can look upon us and say, hey, are you a believer? That's the most highest compliment that they will see. But the Lord said, better than that, there's going to be a distinction between those who serve God and those who do not. There will never be a time that we will, will doubt or fear. But Lord, thank you that you are a living God that you are resurrected with power the same power that you have given us to, to walk on serpents and snakes to declare the word of the Lord boldly in season and out of season when we feel like it when we don't when we don't see nobody get saved when we, 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 we we'll never give up we'll continue because guess what there's that one person that the Lord wants us to share with Lord, help us to be open. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes to see beyond what we have, we have already seen. To go beyond where we already have been or already know about. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your anointing, Lord, today. Today is the day of salvation. Those who have heard our voice, we pray that you will not turn away. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. You don't know what, who will be alive tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to be here. But if you are in the, in the Lord, you will be in heaven. Because it's absent from the body and present with the Lord. So Lord, we thank you again for your presence. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here to be with us. Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, thank you again. As we remember your goodness. As we continue to live in your glory. 
Lord, be unto us according to your word. Be unto us, Lord. Be everything. Lord, let me not miss anything that you have given us. Help us to use every resource that you have given us. The little that we think it is. The mustard seed. Help us to put it in your hands so it can be multiplied. Help us to make a difference while we are here alive right now. Because we only have one life to live and one time to make a difference. So Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you again. As you have given all of that to us. As you continue to use us for your glory. Lord, help us to be humble before you. Help us to know you are that God. Help us to know that you are our king. That, Lord, we will not fear nothing. No harm will come upon us. We will not depart from your word. Lord, we will meditate on your word day and night. When we feel like it or when we don't. Lord, we will be good soldiers for you. We will represent you as the king of kings and the lord of lords. Lord, we thank you that you are the line of Judah. You are the real line. The, the, the enemy is, is a fake lion. He wants to bring fear. But you are the lion that will restore your word to us. You will restore your heart to us. Lord, give us again the fresh breath of your Holy Spirit. R remind us of the goodness. Remind us of what the salvation is. Remind us of how how much it cost you to be on the cross. How much it, it cost for your son to take our sin. Oh Lord, thank you. Thank you Lord that you are that God to us. Help us Lord when we, whenever we feel low. Remind us that we are friends. Remind us that we are people we can call upon when we feel like we want to give up. When we feel like we can't go anymore. Remind us of what you have done. Just like David was able to re recount your goodness. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, he said, that guy is a, is a man after your own heart. So it is, we want to be like him. We want to, to represent you at this time. We want to make sure that we can make a difference. Lord, sometimes we feel like our life don't make any difference. Or we are just here and we're just, we're just a number. No, we're here to make a difference. We're, as, as long as we, we, we know that we are under your anointing, any task that looks so meaningful. Look at that little lady. She's, just, she, she's doing the least job at that, at that company. But yet, anybody, everybody know her. Everybody know who Miss Gloria is. That lady is, is, is such an example of, of diligence. It's such an example of integrity. So it is that, Lord, we must be that. We must be that in this world. We must be that in this time, Lord. In the time in which you have given us. And Lord, we are, we are so thankful. Lord, help us to be grateful for the little in which you have given us. The little in which we think is insignificant. Because we know others don't have it. We, we can go to different countries and we can see real, real starvation. We can see real desperation. We can see people in Venezuela and in South American countries. Who, did this girl tell me that she, she had two degrees and she couldn't get a job until she came to the States. And I said, two degrees? And she said, yeah, because they, there's nothing there. The government is, 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 is foolishness. Lord, help us to be grateful for the little in which you have given us. And never again to grumble, never again to complain, but to give thanks. Help us to have thanksgiving upon our hearts all the time. When we wake up in the morning, if we're able to wake up, if we're not in your presence, Lord, we are so thankful. 
We're so thankful for the clothes that you have given us to wear. It might not be the latest style or the latest thing, but it was mentioned that the people in Israel, their clothes never worn out, their shoes never, ne never came apart. You, that was an anointing of goodness to keep and keep everything restored. So Lord, we thank you again for this time, and we thank you again for this opportunity to share your word. It is just a privilege to hear and to have you speak through us. Lord, we are so grateful. Lord, we are so thankful of what you have already done. Lord, help us to be thankful, to make thanksgiving be upon our hearts. Let us wear thanksgiving as an armor. Let us wear thanksgiving as a suit, as, as righteousness, as holiness, as peace. Lord, help us to walk in peace. Help us to be peacemakers. Because I said, blessed are the peacemakers. Lord, we are so thankful. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Lord, we thank you. And even as we heard the word this morning, it is time for us to stop and to reflect. The word came this morning to all of us that many times we fight battles and the battles that we fight, we are fighting physical battles when the Lord is saying to us, the battles that we fight, they are not carnal, they are, they are spiritual. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. David was able to wrestle against Goliath. He never went to Goliath and said, how dare you speak to me, David, that way. He said, how dare you defy the armies of the living God? And in every, every opportunity we get, we, 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 we recognize that we are representation, our representative of God. And he calls us to, to go in his name and to, to go after those sheep that are lost, those are, who are wounded, those who are in the, in, in the, in the very jaws of the lion. And he calls you and I to go. And for those who are not in the position to go and you, are, you have not yet responded, today is the day. You have been listening to us maybe week after week. It may be your first time coming on and hearing us. But today, do not harden your voice when you hear the Lord say to you, your heart rather, when you hear the Lord saying to you, my child, I have called you. I have equipped you for a time as this. I have called you into my army. I have called you into my protection. I have called you. David was chosen not because he, he, he had the looks, not because he had the height, not because he was qualified in and of himself. He was chosen. As we were reminded today, he was the youngest. He would have been overlooked many times because it was ten of them. He would have been so overlooked because if it's not one brother, it would be the next. And he ten down before he would have been seen. But God chose him from the bottom. And he's saying to you today, as you hear my voice, I have chosen you from amongst those who in, in the natural you would not be chosen. In the natural you would not have been qualified. In the natural, you not have all that you need to be used. Because as, 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 as Brother Kirk shared this morning, he says, promotion comes after testing. And in the natural, you and I would have failed many of the tests that came our way. 
But God is saying that even then I have come and I have laid my hand and I am pulling you out and I'm pulling you up. And so this morning I want you to stop. Acknowledge first and foremost your need for God. There's not a battle that he has lost. There is never a battle that he has lost. There's never a battle that he does not have the strategy for. And this morning as you hear his voice, he's calling you. He's calling you. He has an armor that is already designed to fit you. That is suited for you. And he's saying to you, my child, I have a helmet for you. I have a breastplate for you. I have a belt for you. I have a shield for you. I have already given you the word and I have a I have a shoe fitted for you or that will fit you. And so we thank you, Father, for your calling on our lives. I thank you for choosing us. I thank you, Father God, for not giving up on us where we have been unloyal and unfaithful and unworthy. I thank you, Father, that you had provision in place for us long before we were born. And you chose us. Many are called, we were reminded this morning, but few are chosen. Thank you for causing us to be one of those who were chosen. We do not take it for granted. We recognize, Lord, that there are many who have died and they did not know you. Many have died and they were not chosen because you called and they did not respond. And so, Father, I thank you for the task at hand. I thank you for how you are working in us, Lord, and each day you are building us and you are molding us and you are transforming us. And even in the days when it seems hopeless and you feel like giving up and you feel like running away, you have kept us. You did not create us to worry. You did not create us to fear. But you created us to worship. And it's worshiping of you and you alone. Not worshiping of myself or the thing that I have or of anyone. But worshiping of you. You did not create me to worry. You did not create me to fear. But you created me to worship. And all God we are going to do today is just to worship you, King of Kings. Thank you that we have an example of David who could stand. Stand as one who was anointed. Stand and worship you, Lord. And we know that when he was fighting the bear, and prior to the bear and the lion, he was known as a worshiper. He was one who worshipped you, Lord. He never only ran to you when things went wrong, but he knew you 
So when things went wrong, he, he, he had that, that intimacy, he had that fellowship, he had that familiarity with you, that he could run to you because he was already familiar with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So Lord, thank you for the example this morning. And so Father, I just bless your name. You did not create me to fear, but you created me to worship daily, so I'm gonna leave it all right here. Help me say yeah. You did not create me to worry, you did not create me to
to worry. You did not create me to fear, but you created me to worship daily. So I'm gonna leave it all right here. I will trust, trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you. May the grace and the blessing of the Lord Jesus be with you this week. I pray that you will worship. I pray that this week you will worship. Worship like David. Worship, 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 worship brings the joy and the hope and renew the hope that you once had. Even when the problem does not change. Worship says, God, I recognize that it is you who are my deliverer. Worship says, Lord, it is you who I look to. I cannot, but you can. And even when the things does not change and my situation remains the same, God, because I have learned to worship, I recognize, Lord, I do not have to fight the battle the way I'm accustomed to, but I can trust you. So go in the peace and the joy of the Lord this week. And may the blessing of the Lord be your portion each day as you walk with him, as you trust him, as you praise and worship him, as you depend on him this week, as you cause him to renew your strength like that of an eagle, as you recognize that he is the one who fights for you. And he will give you the strategy at home. He will give you the strategy at the workplace. He will give you the strategy even as you drive on the road to work or to wherever you are going. So be blessed this week until we meet again. Have a blessed week.
Jesus on my, I got that, I got that, 